0: He's the host with the most, and this is The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. (laughs)
1: Good morning. Yes, indeed, it is the Saturday show, and indeed, it is me, Edward Hayden, with you and with you right through until 12 noon. And hopefully, you're in a position to stay with me and us until then. Um, 083 306 9696 is our dinner is ready.ie contact line, or of course, you can telephone the lovely Ashling on 1800 90 9696 should you so desire as well it's a miserable old day out there this morning isn't it Um, uh, it's wet and kind of muggy a muggy Saturday morning for sure anyway hopefully you can stay with us and we'll keep you company and stay nice and warm and dry for the next couple of hours what have I coming up for you um, I have our resident gardening expert Shirley Lanigan will be with us uh, very shortly and uh, we'll chat with her about all of your gardening conundrums Nelny Cronin uh, who is a uh, channel singer and she's set to perform in the Clubhouse Hotel for Tradfest on the 17th of March we look forward to chatting with Nell. we're going to chat with Dara McCann of Stargaze Photography in just a second, as well, we're also going to talk to you about the Pioneer Total Abstinence Association and their upcoming dinner dance, and we will uh, uncover for some of you listening this morning what the Pioneer Total Abstinence Association is about. And again, uh, it might be timely to uh, chat with them um, for those that are uh, giving up perhaps things as part of their Lenten um, observances as well. Uh, Speaking of your Lenten observances, we're going to be chatting a little bit later on to Bishop Dennis Nolte, Bishop of Kildare in Loughlin and he's going to uh, keep us on the straight and narrow for the Lenten period as well. Our resident psychotherapist, Mags Bowen, is going to be in talking to us about um, life. And again, loneliness is something that we've touched on a number of times so she's going to talk to us about that and the different types of loneliness that there are so we look forward to chatting with Mags about that Uh, as well as all of that we're going to be joined by Paddy Deegan who has been uh, named as the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Captain for the 2024 season so we look forward to chatting with Paddy along the course of the show as well that and lots more besides uh, will be coming your way very shortly 083 306 9696 our dinnersready.ie contact line. Now, uh, let's head over to the telephone line because on it I'm joined by Dara McCann from Stargaze Photography and Dara is going to be taking part in the Casey Law wedding fair which takes place next Sunday the 25th of February at St Patrick's College in Carlow from noon until 5pm. It's completely free and on the day there'll be a host of wedding suppliers and venues um, under one roof. You can register uh, on KCLR 93 Fm.com to attend this event and you'll go into a draw to uh, win a holiday voucher worth a €1,000. But as I said joined on the line by Dara from Stargaze Photography who will be at the showcase. Good morning to you Dara. Hey Edward, how are you doing? I'm very good thanks. And yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Just but, just back from a run in
2: the lovely, uh, in the lovely rainy weather here in Kilkenny.
1: Lovely, lovely, so, lovely. Good. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, you'll be uh, having the coffee shortly after our phone call to kind of warm you back up. Yeah. Dara, talk to me about um, photography, I suppose, because, you know, for couples, this is the uh, physical record, if you like, of their day. There's only one chance to kind of to get it. uh, There's only one chance to get it right. Talk to us about how you kind of approach uh, the wedding photography season.
2: Yeah, so um, well, at at the moment, it, it kind of there's lots of planning and lots of booking going on. But uh, now you're absolutely right. There's there's lots of lots of stuff goes into weddings, but at the end of the day, what they're left with is their photographs. Many many couples nowadays just have digital photographs, but I would kind of always advise on an album. Have one myself for my own wedding, and uh, yeah, it's kind of what really what you're left with. So yeah, it, I always just try and try and uh, make a nice rapport with the with couples, you know. Um, we have loads and loads of conversations beforehand and make sure that we're a good fit for each other before we book. Because, uh, yeah, I am I probably spend most of the day with, with... Like, they don't spend more time with anybody else other than the photographer, you know? Mm. Hair and makeup in the morning, but we're pretty much there from around 11 a.m. To, oh, until about half past 10 in the evening. So, yeah, it's kind of... It's good to be on good terms. with It's a big undertaking.
1: And tell me, Dara, I presume you have kind of like a series of templates, you know, based on different venues that you can say, well, I can take you at this bridge or I can take you kind of, you know, in the Rose Garden or I can take you with the castle in the background or whatever. How does it go or what kind of level of input? (laughs) I presume other couples might have places that are very personal uh, and unique to them. So how does that conversation uh, go in terms of kind of deciding the kind of the, the sequence of photographs photographs you're going to take over the course
2: yeah. of the Yeah. Yeah, so yeah right there they're, they're sometimes um if I'm in Kilkenny and the, the couple maybe are aren't familiar with so familiar with the area I can make some suggestions. Castle is always very popular. And mm. um, sometimes if I'm out and about sometimes couples have Areas that they like, locations that they like. Even uh, I, I went to uh, last summer. I was brought down. We were down near Jenkinstown, and it's beautiful down there. And look, like, oh, can we go and uh, have this place down the road? And they're building a house there close by. And I went down and was like, Yeah, okay. And it was just like it was just this, this field. And you know, it was special to them because they're gonna be building their new home there, you know. Mm. But I was like it was a really sunny day with no shade, no cover, no nothing. I was like, Oh lovely So we did one or two shots there and then brought them up to up to Jenkinstown, which was much better. But um yeah, like another example would be last week. I mean, just in Kilkenny now we're having it, it's it's raining a lot. But last week I was I was working in Langton's, and I had a couple from Argentina, and they were, they live in Dublin, and they come down, and we'd have made all these plans to go around town, and, you know, the little laneways around Kilkenny, but then it was just raining all day, so you kind of have to improvise, it's like, okay, listen, it's not going to happen today, so we did this amazing shoot in a set theatre, uh, all around the theatre, and yeah, like, I mean, experience as well, you know, you just have to improvise and know what's the best thing to do, really, I suppose. On the the day, for sure.
1: Talk to me about... um... The, the the balance between, you know, getting the really good photographs and allowing the couple to enjoy their day. So I presume the time that you have with them, whilst you're with them all the course of the day, you know, the structured pieces are short because if not, it can preclude yeah. them from dealing with their guests. So you need to kind of be, uh, I presume, on the ball and be able to kind of, you know, capture the moments as uh, efficiently as possible.
2: Yeah. And again, Edward, it, it experience is a huge part of that as well. It's like you kind of know you're working with a very tight schedule. Like sometimes sometimes you might have a ceremony that's beginning at 2 p.m. and it might if if it's civil, you know, you're talking maybe half an hour. But if it's a, if it's a church, an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And then by the time the ceremony's over until the uh, till the t- to the dinner bell, it's a very short window. You have to do family photographs. You have to do fo- photographs with the couple with their wedding party. You get loads of candles sh- shoot the, the room set up and stuff. It's, com- it's something that, that couples don't really take into account. But I suppose the experience is really the key here because you're going to guide them through. And, and, you know, I am very friendly and always open to any suggestions. But you need a – if there's a whip needs to be cracked, uh, no better man to do it than Absolutely. myself.
1: Absolutely, and then of yeah. course Mary will come over and say, "You wouldn't come over and take a picture of Miss F and Frank? We live three doors yeah. down from the bride's mother."
2: Of course, of course, Mary, no <laughs> problem at all. No problem. Come I'm here. Open to any suggestions.
1: <laughs> come here, Jara. Uh, tell me where people can get in contact with you.
2: Yeah, so you can uh, catch me via my website, which is www.stargastphotography.ie or actually the email the info at stargatephotography.ie. Um Yeah, so as I said, I'm Kilkenny-based. do a lot of work in Kilkenny here and in Carlos well. So really looking forward to the to the um to the show coming up. I was at the last one in in, in oh, the first one in September in the medieval mile and it was it was fantastic. So absolutely my Carmel asked me to come to get on board for this, this time around there was no hesitation at all.
1: Well that's good. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday, tomorrow week in St. Patrick's College, as yeah, you said, from yeah. noon to five Looking Thanks for chatting with us, uh Jara no no and best I'm of work. Go off now and get a shower and a coffee and uh, you'll be ready to I'm rock. Ready. Nice to talk to you. Lovely thanks Sloan, Sloan. Have a great day. August who fans on uh Jara McCann there of Stargazer photography let's take a little on Yog uh, uh, and um, I have a lovely special guest in the studio today and my little clue to you is it's not Dana
0: this Saturday show with Edward Hayden on KCLR with thanks to Lyreth Estate gift vouchers helping you to make memories this Mother's Day Carlo Kilkenny KCLR
1: Rash, You're very welcome uh, back. A couple of texts in here now, wait till I see, because I don't want to miss out on this one, because somebody has texted me to say, will you wish um, my beautiful granddaughter, Elena Ray Nolan from Kilkenny, a happy fourth birthday today? And that comes in with love. Uh, and lots of love indeed from Nanny and Grandad Winfield and happy to do that. Um, Alana, Alana, perhaps, uh, Ray Nolan wishing her a very happy fourth birthday. My, she's practically a lady at four years old uh, wishing her well. Uh, the King was on to say looked well, Edward. So I don't know where the King saw me but um, glad to hear that I looked well. Uh, another it says um, shame on the council, the 15 minute break for car owners to pull in to collect Their pension on High Street is now gone. I see parking tickets on all cars on wet mornings as well, and that's from a concerned Kenny listener. And um, I can only take that as 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 the truth uh, of the sincerity of the message. But um, I did think that there was a window in the kind of the loading bays on uh, the High Street because the High Street has now become a little bit uh, convoluted uh, to get down around it, and obviously the post office is. Uh, an essential and key link for many people whether it's for postage uh, whether it is for as our texture says their pensions or a lot of people doing banking and paying bills and everything so um, there's not really any adjacent parking other than the loading base so um, hopefully we must investigate and see whether or not that window of 15 minutes has been suspended and get some information but thank you to our texter for that if you have any uh, experience of that if you have been ticketed in under the 15 minute window let us know 9696 our dinnersready.ie contact line now I have a very special guest in the studio uh, this morning who is kind of finding her way uh, finding her way around the studio because it is, I would say, nigh on four years since she has been through our doors and that is our resident gardening expert, Shirley Lanigan. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Edward. I actually got lost. <laughs> I was halfway out to
1: Killin Hill when you I You were coming really out to see to me and Grave <laughs> the Manor, were you? <laughs> yeah, I, it's changed. It's all changed. It certainly has. We've had a little makeover since you were here last. That's very nice, very nice. I approve. Very high end. <laughs> and listen, you have brought uh, Bruntonus Bjog, so um, you're telling me that's the reason that you're wet this morning, because you've gone out to the garden and picked some lovely snowdrops and Narcisse.
3: Yeah, and got soggy into the bargain,
1: so that's my excuse. I'm sticking They're to absolutely it. Absolutely beautiful. They're so fragrant.
3: It, it was hard actually to find ones that hadn't opened, because I knew you'd want uh, to have a bit of Uh, Longevity. Vase life. (laughs) And so we went for ones that were just about opening. Yeah,
1: that's absolutely, it's great. Uh, Life is good with you, Shirley, when I can get a good look at you. I've seen you on the streets of Kilkenny and in the theatre, but um, life is good. It is,
3: it's grand, yeah. It's it's, it's quite, it's interesting now. It suddenly feels like things are finally back to normal. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) The first Saturday you're not doing the gardening slot in your pyjamas. Exactly.
3: <laughs> no. Yeah, I could have my pajamas on under this jumper now for all yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. She's back
1: in the Parisienne style. <laughs> we can tell our, our listeners. Uh, not a day for the garden, Shirley. Not
3: really, no. Unless it picks up. Although we've had a few nice days this week, so I'm fingers crossed. I haven't looked at the forecast, but I'm I've got great hopes for this afternoon. I'd love to get out even for an hour or so.
1: Wasn't yesterday so gorgeous?
3: Beautiful, beautiful, and the frogs are out. Having a ball on the pond all week and and even now actually as 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 somebody said, well, they like the wet weather. There, if if you've got any bit of water, take a sneaky peek at it at the moment because you might find a few frogs doing their thing there.
1: Mm, I listen, it's on the ghost and Saturday Eve exactly. <laughs> um, just uh, when I was thinking about gardening in our chat, there's um some horticulturalists have been in in Gregnamana for the last little few days. Uh, they've been doing a makeover job on the grotto. We've a beautiful kind of religious grotto just up the road from from my house, but they've been doing a kind of a makeover and they've been de it and tidying it all up and cleaning it all up but I just saw this morning that they've put in at the back of it a beautiful row of copper beech hedging you know obviously it's it's they're only young and, yes. and, and minute at the minute but I just thought that's going to be such a, a, a beautiful backdrop you know because it is it's quite physically imposing Yes. so the copper is going to be big talk to me about copper beach hedging because many people will have that but sometimes you can get a little hole in it or a bit of blight in it how do you kind of
3: if you've got a hole just get a new get, get you know get depending on how big the gap is mm. go and get two or three babies and just plant them about a foot thirty five centimeters or so apart and if it's a staggered line in the existing hedge stagger them as well but it won't take very long before they fill in and what you can do to cheat in the meantime is take the branches of two of the plants on either side of the gap Mm. and sort of pull them across towards each other and tie them with a piece of twine loosely because that will just sort of fill in your gap as you go along but beech is beautiful it really is lovely and the great thing about it is while it loses its leaves it's deciduous the dead leaves hang on to the bush over winter so it, it's never completely see-through and when the new leaves come, they push off the, the, the dead ones. But I do actually, I love the dead, crinkly, sort mm. of rusty leaves. When you walk past it on the street, you hear it rustle. It's really lovely. And that's what's Beach there at the great. minute. And
1: they're kind of militantly, uh, I'd say someone was out a ruler, they're militantly yes. uh, planted. So it should be a really nice oh, it'll be uh, lovely. Backdrop.
3: And it won't take long before it's it's substantial.
1: Hedging, of course, we're talking laurel. Uh, Beach are are two good types. Box, obviously.
3: Now, box...
1: Is it going out of fashion?
3: Box has got to go out of fashion because of box blight. Almost everybody that's got box gets box blight and it's it's a nightmare of a disease. It really is. I'm stuck with box that I planted about 20 years ago and I'm just waiting for the blight to come. So I wouldn't recommend anybody to plant box. If you want something evergreen and something that clips really well, go for you. Now, people will tell you, oh, you takes years to establish. It doesn't. In about three years, you'll have a, a nice little hedge. And the amazing thing about you is, OK, if you've got the time and the energy, you can grow it from cuttings yourself. Um, there are Irish native yews, which would be really the, the ideal one to, to grow. It's evergreen. You can keep it as small as you like. You can let it go as huge as you like. And if you get sick of the fact that you've got a massive, you hedge. You could nearly shave it to the ground and it would re-sprout. A lot of conifer, a lot of conifers that get used as hedges, if you cut into the brown wood they don't regenerate. But you can literally go into the trunk with you. and it will regenerate. It's an amazing plant.
1: Pat was on uh, just when we started talking about hedging. It's amazing what you can uh, arouse in people. But Pat was on and said, Hi Edward, please ask Shirley, what hedging is best for a very shaded area? We have beech there, but it isn't thriving.
3: Mm, You could try something like holly. Mm. Now, people don't use it often, but its natural habitat is under the taller trees in a wood or on the edge of a wood where it's in a fairly shaded area it's evergreen it's beautiful it's fabulous for nests because no cats are going to get in between those spiky leaves so holly actually makes a really lovely uh, evergreen and would they yank
1: out the beech or put it in front of it or either oh
3: I think I would take out the beech and actually if the beech was still small you could dig them up in a way that get a nice root ball with them and see if you can reap Transplant it someplace else and get the use out of it. Some of it might die, but some of it will probably live. And you don't want to throw out a plant that's going to survive. Mm. So I would take out the beech, put it someplace else if you've got a use for it. Or if you've got a friend who needs some beech trees or a a length of beech hedging, uh, try it someplace else. But I would try something like Holly. Now, when you take out the old plants, remember, they've depleted the ground there. So before you plant anything, put in a load of well-rotted farmyard manure or compost and, and you know feed up that ground again and get it ready but i think holly would be a lovely thing
1: uh, in honor of your special visit we couldn't let you out without having a hydrangea question oh, no. <laughs> and helen has been on and helen says good morning edward um is shirley uh, the gardener on this morning and she is so if so she asks can you please ask her, uh, do you cut down the hydrangea now or just deadhead it? I normally leave it till later and never cut back. Uh did cut the white one back at one time and it never grew back. Thanks so much, um, says Helen, if you can do that. She also said she loves the show and on a wet morning, uh, it would cheer her up. Um, so good morning, Helen, firstly.
3: Good morning, Helen. Now, OK, any time over the next few weeks, you can start thinking about cutting back your hydrangea. If you need to reshape it, cut back to a pair of sprouting buds. Okay. Okay. Down as low as you need to go. Um, if you want to keep the shrub more or less the same size that it is, just cut off the dead stuff and the dead flower heads, and then you'll you'll see better into the plant, and you'll be able to see spindly growth. Cut that out dead branches cut them out and then branches that are rubbing off each other because if they're rubbing off each other one of them is going to get a wound and that's where disease can get into the plant so you can within I would say wait about another two weeks and then out there with your secateurs and have fun with the hydrangeas.
1: Here's a new one now that I haven't had before. By the way, we've had a text back from Pat to thank you for the advice with regard to hedging. So Pat will have to make a plan of attack with regard to hedging. But I think as long as I'm here on the show, I've never had this as a query, but an interesting one. And our texter says, Hi, Edward. Has Shirley any ideas for keeping cattle away from eating my laurels other than an electric fence? So obviously it's a farming area, and the laurels are kind of maybe
0: yeah.
1: pouring over. I presume some sort of a a concrete fence or wall.
3: I do you know the only thing that works is an electric fence. I have a friend down in down in 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 West Waterford, and they've got this little bank. It's sort of like a raised bank outside their gate, and they have planted everything on this raised bank but the problem is that the cattle walk up and down every day on their way to the parlor and no matter what they've planted the cattle have tasted it and found it very tasty and in, and and in fact i've actually seen a cow climb up onto the bank to get at a bit of stuff that they couldn't see and i think laurel might have been one of the things that they ate i really don't know what they don't like they like everything they're nosy as be damned
1: Hedging is very uh, popular now. This morning, oh, the, here the we go. <laughs> Copper Beach and Greg Namana seems to have opened all the the gates. I'm going to put two questions together because the two of them are hedge related. Our first texter says, "Good morning, Edward and Shirley. What kind of hedge can I grow on an exposed area and on heavy ground?" Okay, so that's question number one. Okay, and I'll conflate that with our second test, text, which says, "Edward, please ask Shirley what hedge is suitable." For very wet ground,
3: okay. Exposed um, hawthorn. Okay. Think about hawthorn. You see it out on the side of mountains. You see it out by the sea. You see it wind blown, but it still grows. And it, it's a beautiful hedge. You've got that lovely may blossom in May, you've got the, 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 the so you've got the flowers, you've got a beautiful structure of a plant, and then you've got berries right through the winter for the birds. So I would say Hawthorne. Hawthorne is actually happy enough in um in, in wet too. But if it you've doesn't got, have
1: it a little flower as well at times. Beautiful. Quite, it's a may it? blossom. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then for wet, uh, if you want to get really um if you want to get, uh, what's the word, artistic, uh, grow willow and you can weave it. If you go to the Delta Sensory Garden in, in on the edge of Carlo, one of their gardens has a willow hedge stroke fence and they've woven the willow so that it looks like gothic windows. It's really beautiful. It grows very fast. Literally, if you stick willow, willow, branches into the ground. They will root and they'll turn into a hedge for you. And Willow loves the wet. And as I say, you can mould it, you can shape it, you can you can create sculptures with it. So there's for the creative person and the damp ground.
1: Uh, one of our textures talking, I think, about the cattle um, says uh, that the cattle probably wouldn't eat holly. Eh... Uh, Holly, I haven't seen. I wouldn't put it past them though.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I really wouldn't <laughs> put it might, past them.
1: They might chance it. Uh, a texture coming back just to say thanks so much for that, Shirley, uh, for the advice as well. Another texter asking me, did I roll out the red carpet for Shirley's visit?
3: The blue carpet. Yeah, blue. It is blue. <laughs> it is blue.
1: We hoovered it. We <laughs> oh hoovered God. it. Um, our our friend with the cattle is back on to say thank you as well. Um, now, another texter says, hi, uh, Shirley. What can I plant in a smallish area that is very dry, but also shady as there are some trees around?
3: There's a plant that I absolutely adore and I don't see it around often enough. And it's a variegated shrub with the most lovely cream and green leaf. And it's evergreen and it's called Euonymus Fortunae Emerald Queen. So Euonymus Fortunae Emerald Queen. It's low growing and it'll sort of spread out and because you have it in a dark dry spot, it's grand in a a dry spot it's also grand in a dark spot but it makes the dark spot look lighter because those lovely creamy leaves it's such a beautiful shrub. It's absolutely beautiful. I don't know why people don't grow it more often. It also, if you put it growing against a wall it will sort of climb up the wall it won't cling to the wall but it'll sort of lean on it. So you could put it in a, a on, against a dark wall, it's a really great, great shrub. I love it.
1: And people love to kind of have, you know, different things in their garden. You know, the proficient gardeners like to play around and experiment, don't they, Shirley?
3: Now, the thing about this is, this is—it's actually some people would say that you don't see it that often because it used to be common as muck. But when used properly, it doesn't look common. I often see it. There's a go, there's a gold variegated one that you see around, and that's like Gold Queen or something like that but a lot of the time when you see it it's out in the middle of the garden and it's used as a sort of a shrub and it's, 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 um, it's pruned and clipped and it looks a bit silly but just have it in the shade in the dark where nothing else will grow and just let it splay
1: I'm going to give people a chance to get their pens. So get your pens. <laughs> uh, and then, Shirley, you might tell us again. I'm going to write it down as well because I'll get 40 texts when you're gone. Oh. Uh, so y- you.
3: Were- E-U-O-N-Y-M-U-S. E-U-O-N-Y-M-U-S. Fortune I. F-O-R-T-U-N-E-I. Emerald Queen.
1: Emerald Queen.
3: Now, there's also one called Emerald and Gaiety. It's quite similar, but. you know, they'll they'll know what you're talking about I must have
1: read people's mind to text just coming thanks so much uh, Shirley can you spell that so there (laughs) There we have it we have spelled it uh, as well what's on your Saturday agenda Shirley
3: oh we have Gregory and we're getting ready to uh, we're going to have uh, we're going to have film night tonight I think we're going to watch Superman
1: lovely with popcorn we've got to make the popcorn yes essential. there's always time for uh, popcorn thanks so much Shirley lovely to see you, Thank you. Uh, with us uh, in studio looking uh wonderful as always and we did have the blue carpet um out uh, there for you as well uh, we're going to take a little break here on the Saturday show and I'll be back with you uh, very soon just before we go a text are actually coming in Shirley is Laurel poison to cattle
3: uh, I don't. I don't think it is. It might be, but I don't think it is. I know you is poisonous, but they. They. I don't think they like eating it.
1: Okay, so that could be a a thing to go as well. Um, We're lots of texts coming in with regard to, um, and actually, our our, our texture. They're all on the ball this morning, uh, because um, our texture says Edward just on plants. We need to be careful. You is poisonous to grazing animals. That's why it's sown in graveyards
3: yes, I remember being told that, but there's also uh there's another theory about why it's sown in a graveyard, and it's 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 one of the sacred trees you know going back to pagan times, and they would have sacred trees where you were burying people because it was sort of uh significant and important.
1: There you have it, well listen there's great solemnity on this show uh, lots of texts coming in with regard to the parking on um, High Street in Kilkenny and uh, lots of texts regarding the council decision on that. If you have any uh, opinions or queries or experience of getting ticketed on the High Street in Kilkenny during uh, what would have been a 15 minute uh, incubationary window period that you could run in and get your pension or whatever, let us know 306 9696 our Ready Data E contact line. Any.
0: This Saturday show with Edward Hayden and Casey Ellor, with thanks to Lyreth Estate Gift Features, helping you to make memories this Mother's Day. The Big Baby Event is back at Lidl. You have voted us the most awarded retailer at the Pregnancy and Baby Fair Awards across your favourite loopy-loo products like the Loopyloo Nappy range from 99 Cent. To celebrate, there's 20% off our entire Loopyloo baby food range exclusively on Lidl+. Go on, shop without compromise. Go full Lidl today.
4: You know me, I do like a home that's warm and cosy during these cold winter months. In fact, the warmer and cosier, the better. That's why I insist on willowwarm, long burning briquettes. They're grown and made here in Ireland and they're 100% carbon neutral. So, willowwarm briquettes are good for the environment, for the country and your pocket. Willowwarm, the brighter, cleaner, greener way to a cosy home. See willowwarm.ie for stockists. The Julian Benson Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is transforming a Dublin house into a haven where people can stay while a relative is in hospital. And we need expert help from carpenters to restoration specialists to electricians to interiors. We need you. Can your trade or service company donate skills and materials? Register at jbcff.com and come meet the team at the Masonry Building Dublin 8 on the 23rd of February to learn more. Bring a smile because TD's Room to Improve will be filming.
1: Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Now there's Shirley out the door, and thank you um, to um, her for that as well. Um, Text in here would love if you could wish Mikey a very happy 14th birthday. That comes from Mam, Darren, Dad. Sorry, that comes in from Mam, Dad, Aaron, and Lucy. So thank you uh, to him for that as well. Um, We were talking about the uh, parking in the loading bays in Kilkenny. It's gone to zero tolerance in loading bays in Kilkenny. I was pulled into one last week while I let someone go to the bank. I was warned not to let it happen again and the county councillors voted for it last year and to increase the parking charges to 15 cent for every 15 minutes. It's a total disgrace and will be remembered when they come looking for votes. They have the town destroyed says a texter. Another texter says can't understand the council when van Uh, have their deliveries finished the public can't park for a few minutes on High Street trade is affected by this change and most closures most closure uh, more closures of shops will result Um, election is on the way and uh, people will be familiar with who and who didn't vote for this change. I put it to our textures as well, just on this for the for the purposes of balance. Is it not the case um that the loading bays in Kilkenny are for commercial vehicles only and the commercial vehicles have an opportunity to park for only a short window of time. Um or were they always for the public as well? Uh, or for the public's use, or was that a discretionary issue? So let us know, 083 306 9696, our dinnersready.ie contact line here on KCLR. Let's head over to the telephone line, and we're delighted to be joined on it by uh, well-known and renowned Shannon singer Nelny Cronin, who is uh, performing at the Clubhouse Hotel in Kilkenny on the 17th of March as part of Tradfest Kilkenny. Nel, good morning to you.
5: Good morning, how are
1: you? I'm very good, thanks. And yourself?
5: I'm not too bad. now, not too bad.
1: That's good. You're from a beautiful part of the country, Béla, Hungary Kunti, Karke.
5: That's right. Yeah. Um. So uh, the it's in the Gwaeltach there down in Moosegree, but um, I'm a in here to Kilkenny since I suppose I got my first job here in the Gaeil School around 2010, and, and then I met my husband, and I'm I'm here ever since. So um, yeah, really looking forward to the the Fest now. I mean, what a lovely place to to celebrate our. Our culture and such a mighty weekend as El Paddy's weekend, everyone will be uh, in great form, I'm sure. So we're really looking forward to it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the story of shanno singing and the the, the background of shanno singing, where about did this come from, uh, Nell, or what's the origins of it?
5: Yeah, well, I suppose um, shanno. that term, Asgolge, literally translates as old style or old tradition and it's one of the oldest forms or traditions of of singing that we have here in this country. Um, Typically, it would be sung, you know, dating back hundreds and hundreds of years, um, but it would be sung uh, in the Irish language, unaccompanied, and, you know, I suppose there'd be lots of ornamentation, and depending on which um, region in the country you come from, and depending on what dialect you have, the style can differ a little bit. Um, And I suppose sometimes people think, but you know... But it's it's an old lad sitting in the corner of a pub singing a long, depressing, boring song. But it's not always the case. We Mm. have some happy songs as well and some love songs and jolly comical songs as well. And, you know, um, even though I do sing in in the Shano style and I do sing unaccompanied, I also sing with accompaniment and, you know, try and, I suppose, um, entice more people to listen to it because maybe people might find unaccompanied singing a bit um, hard to listen to sometimes at times. So um, I'm delighted to have a band now with me for the for the trad fest so we we'll have a mixture of i might do a song or two unaccompanied you know um and then we'll have with, with the lads backing me as well, and um, yeah, it should be good. Have a
1: good night, how gorgeous! I was watching a program actually, I think it was New Year's Eve with Dolores Kane, and of course, her background would be, come from her aunts and their Shanno singing as well. And it, it uh, is hugely popular now and, and becoming increasingly popular. You know, I'm thinking of um, around this area, uh, we have a lot of um. Oh, what do you call it? Rambling houses and, and all of that sort of thing. And there's a lot of Shannos being performed there as well. So it's having a, a renaissance of sorts, isn't it, Nell?
5: Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's all over the country. It's not it's not just specifically to Gaelicic regions anymore. I mean, there's a lot of Irish speakers all over the country now. Um, you know, and like you, like you mentioned, Dolores Keane uh, would sing in the English language, but her style would very much be like of, of Shannos origin. Um, so it doesn't necessarily always have to be but um, there's a, a, a young brother and sister from Connemara, Cueva and Seamus of and
1: We've had them on the show as well, they're fantastic.
5: That's right, yeah, they're brilliant um, and they're really bringing, I suppose, a contemporary feel and a young feel. And even the likes of um, the Cossadig um, Barn Church there that are, yes. they'll be performing as well. They're also you know they have that Chano style as well but they're you know composing their own songs and again bringing a new feel to it so it's great people definitely are interested in it and it's a great way to keep the language alive and to learn more you know when you're when you're writing songs or learning songs you know you'd always be Adding to your vocabulary, ask and teach. You know, get, you know, opening it out to a wider audience as well is always a very, very positive thing.
1: A hundred percent. Anything that's really popular with you, uh, Nell, in terms of a a song, maybe that people might be really familiar with, um, that comes to your mind?
5: Well, I mean, we all have songs that we learnt in school. You know, um, songs in the Irish language like "Body Náilimín" or Or All those yes. are, are really common songs, and you know, there are ones that if people start singing at a session that everyone can join in, you know, they're really easy. And they're the kind of songs that I like as well, you know, songs that are encouraging to other people to join in in the chorus, to make it feel like a kind of a communal thing. And that, that you know, we're not trying to divide between the, the singer and the audience, that everybody can participate. Um, but I suppose a lot of the songs that I would I would be most familiar with would, would come from my own area of Moonsgree, um, but I will be teaching a workshop actually just for an hour as part of the oh, track on the Friday, yeah, so that'll be in Roth House um, and again you don't need to speak, you know, you can have or you, you don't need to have any Um and you know, just want to spend an hour learning a, a song or two maybe and just giving a bit of a history and anybody who wants to come along they'd be more than welcome um, nice. and we'd touch on a few, a few songs and get a
1: few songs going. Well, that's a chance on uh, a for sure um nell in terms of uh performance like in moving from, from town to town i know you're familiar with with kilkenny uh what is it about the gigs do you do you love the kind of the live gigs or uh, do you prefer kind of like a more structured approach in terms of recording or what's your own preference no definitely i would
5: prefer the live gigs. Um there's something that you get when you're on a stage that there's kind of feedback that you get um from an audience that you can't get in a studio or that you can't necessarily get at home on your own. Obviously you have to, you know, put in the hours of practice and learning songs and all that, that's that's all very important. But you can't beat singing a song for the first time in public and you know, getting the uh, getting the feedback even though nobody might you know you might exactly get somebody saying anything to you but you feel it you kind of feel the atmosphere and you feel and and that adds to your performance as well i think once you feel at ease um obviously it can be nerve-wracking at times depending on what kind of a venue you're in but um it definitely adds to the performance and definitely a thing that i think all musicians thrive off maybe not on a stage in front of a microphone it could be singing um in a session or it could be playing in a, a session with other musicians kind of you know off the cuff that maybe you know isn't necessarily organized you know they're they're always the nicest of of sessions and and of kind of gatherings when it's unorganized and kind of happens kind of organically and there's plenty of pubs and you know venues around the city here that really accommodate that kind of you know atmosphere for those kind of um sessions as well so it's great
1: absolutely listen i know it's early morning and uh singers and musicians are not usually inclined but you don't fancy giving us a little blast this morning for our listeners do you
5: i oh, sure I could, <laughs> I could oh, try something. We'd love I it, you, I'm we'd love it. To, I'm, I'm only used to singing lullabies now that I only had a baby there. Oh,
1: congratulations. Congratulations. Well, whatever you'd it. sing, we'd be delighted because they love uh, all of our listeners and myself, they love a bit of music, so we'd be most honoured. Nell?
5: Yeah, I'll try um, a lullaby that I got from a singer from home uh, called Beth Cronin and it's called um, Bug Brains. So I'll do a, a verse
1: or two. are I glad?
6: Bob Grant, Bob Grant, Bob Grant, dun not abandon me. Bob Grant is dun Bob Grant, don't abandon me. Cur a challe, cur a challe, Snake a hussar, the brand, soup, say a word, do on is brand on Oh, her
1: house, I was just thinking as I was listening to you there, what a lucky baby to have such dulcet tones to uh, (laughs) will them to sleep. He doesn't sing back to me.
5: Crying is all I hear.
1: (laughs) But he will in time. You'll have to teach him. Thank you so much. Nell, before I let you go, I know you're coming to uh, the Clubhouse Hotel on the 17th of March as part of TradFest. But just in particular, if people wanted to get in contact with you or keep up to date with you, you might sign posters to your own uh, social media platforms where they can find all of your activities throughout the year.
5: Yeah so I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram so you can find me there and any gigs or anything coming up you'll hear all about it on those two platforms.
1: Lovely. Nell thanks so much for talking to us this morning. It was absolutely fantastic and for singing to us as well. Mealibuigus Aguslán Aguspanath. Standpoint. Sure, Tara. Uh That's Nellie Cronin. Uh, they're talking to us about Trad Festival, Kenny. We have tickets to give away to see Nell uh, in the Clubhouse Hotel on the seventeenth of March, and to be on a chance to win those, just text us the f- answer to the following question, followed by your name and where you are in the world. What did Saint Patrick banish from Ireland? Was it cats? Was it snakes? Or was it snails? Uh, we'll be back. Now you're very welcome. Back Edward Hayden here with you. 9696 uh, Richard Ryan, um, uh, veterinary surgeon, was on to tell us um, that laurel hedging is poisonous to cattle and sheep and goats as well. So be mindful of that. We were talking earlier on about the different types of hedging that you could show. But just to remind you that laurel hedging is poisonous to cattle sheep and goats as well um lots of texts coming in we'll get to just a moment uh, somebody reminding us that um tonight at the Watergate we have the storybook the songs of brendan graham sung by kathy jordan uh, and accompanied by fergal uh murray that's taking place this evening uh, at the Watergate Theatre so check that out the songs of Brendan Graham sung by Kathy Jordan it's a fantastic show a friend of mine has seen it and it's uh, really fantastic so check that out um, as well now uh, huge questions surround the bylaws regarding loading bays in Kilkenny City says Anne uh, we're talking about the loading bays and access to them as well um, my son parked for two seconds to hand in a prescription to Boots not waiting uh, on it he came out and got a hefty fine um, what could you do Edward only pay there was no arguing uh, says a texture as well and yeah that's the case um, it appears I think there are for commercial vehicles as well so perhaps there is some uh, discretionary n- uh, uh, discretionary application um, for people who are doing um, quick tasks on High Street in Kilkenny because if you have, um, not saying your son, but perhaps people who have mobility issues, you know, the, the most adjacent parking then is John's or up in the Market Cross or in the Ormond Car Park um, as well. So people maybe who have mobility issues, um, but maybe not necessarily have wheelchair parking, um, might need to access quickly as well. So let us know your thoughts on that. Keep them coming, 083 306 96, 96 um another text was saying that deliveries are done by 10 o'clock and the parking then should be for everybody else so lots of uh, people enthused by this topic this morning let's head over to mary Meany on the telephone line to talk about the pioneer total abstinence association mary good morning to you
7: good morning edward
1: nice to talk to you, you mary i'm very good and thanks oh. for taking our call
7: no problem. I'm delighted for you let me on, go on air.
1: Uh, Mary, you're telling us about the annual dinner dance for the Carlo Region and Pioneer Total Abstinence Association. It's taking place in the Seven Oaks Hotel in the High Road in Carlo tomorrow week with music by Trees and the Stars. Tell us what'll happen on the day.
7: Uh, well, we'll we'll have our meal at one thirty. Uh, we'll all be arriving before the meal then, and uh, then we'll have uh, we'll have a, some guest speakers. And uh, then we'll go on in for the dancing. It's treated Tony and the Stars. and they're from Curlclough in Wexford, and they're very good.
1: They're fantastic, yeah.
7: Uh, So uh, then the evening will be uh, all dancing, hopefully. Lovely. And have a good time.
1: Lovely. And tickets, where can people get tickets for this, Mary?
7: The tickets are uh, 30 euros each. Uh, There's a couple of telephone numbers that have been on the They've been on the the newspapers and on all newsletters. Uh, Well, my number is uh, 086-602-7751. If anyone still wishes to take a ticket, we'd be be delighted
1: if they would. And Mary, in terms of the pioneers, we know the work of the pioneers. The pioneers are people who abstain uh, from alcohol on a permanent basis. But this is not an event just exclusive to members of the PTAA. All are welcome to attend, I presume.
7: Oh, definitely. Everyone has been coming for years. It doesn't matter whether they take a little drink or not. That's no problem at all. They're all very welcome, and we would be delighted to have them.
1: Absolutely. How is life we're, in we're, the Carlo region, Mary? I know from uh, previous involvement, it's uh, a long-established uh, regional organisation. How is things going in the in the region at the minute?
7: Well, we're going. We're going as well as we could. Like I mean, lots of things has changed up at the head office. Regarding the pioneers, a lot of changes up there. So we have to just go with that and try and keep going the best we can. Uh, like the members, the members are all at a, a certain age now, as you can imagine. Yes. So we're hoping for to get uh, some new members in. Because we, we won't be around forever, Edward.
1: Well, Mary, so. look at the, the legacy <laughs> that you will, you will have left behind you because yourself and Eileen Heffernan, I know, are still involved and lots more that I could mention down through the years have done great uh, work for us. But people can join up if they if they have taken the pledge or wish to take the pledge um, and, yeah. and abstain from alcohol. And uh, it's a nice movement to be involved in for sure.
7: And we'll, have, it is, and we'll have a lovely raffle on the evening as well.
1: How gorgeous. We'll have a
7: first prize, we'll have a lovely hamper. And there'll be all, lots of other prizes as well. So the tickets are just €2 euros each for the raffle. And we get three for a five. So that's very good value.
1: It certainly is. And great prizes. Well, Mary, listen, it sounds like it's going to be a fantastic day. Lovely meal in the Seven Oaks, beautiful hotel. Uh, then, as you said, some of the guest speakers and then dance the evening away to Tony, Teresa and the stars, who are fantastic and they play great music. They'll be, uh, they'll be jiving and quick stepping and sloshing and taxiing all over uh, the Seven Oaks that day.
7: Oh, well, hopefully, hopefully
1: they will. Please, God. Mary, lovely (laughs) to talk to you and continued good wishes to yourself and all in the region for uh, the great work that you do and we're happy to promote it here for you.
7: Well, thank you for the promotion. We're uh, very much appreciative.
1: You're very welcome. Good morning, Mary. Uh, Mary Meaney there telling us all about the Carnot Pioneer Total Abstinence Association. We're going to take a little break now and we'll be back uh, with David Abbott.
0: This with- Saturday show with Edward Hayden on KCLR with thanks to Lyreth Estate gift vouchers helping you to make memories this Mother's Day.
1: Good morning. You're very welcome back. The loading bays are empty this morning, says a texter. It makes no sense that the public can't pull in for a few minutes to go to the chemist or the post office on High Street as well. Um, Shops as ratepayers need to voice this, uh, says a texter as well. We'll have to investigate this further now. We'll have to get on somebody uh, more senior than I to investigate this because it appears that our listeners are... um, Charged by it, and if our listeners are charged, then it is our obligation to answer the call. So leave that with me for a couple of weeks, and we will um have to 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 try and show some light on it as well, and thanks to our original texture for bringing this issue to our mind always of course let us know any issues that you have Ohh three 306 9696 I'm kind of like the Kilkenny version of Dear Frankie here so uh, whilst it may not be your problem today it could be someday now uh, lot still to come in this hour of the show we're going to be chatting a little bit later on with Paddy Deegan who is the current Kilkenny Senior Hurling Captain uh, he's coming into studio to us and we're also going to be chatting with <coughs> Bishop Dennis Nolte Bishop of Kildare and Loughlin um, because this is the first week of Lent we had Ash Wednesday during the week, so he's going to come on to tell us all about Lenten observances. But before all of that, I'm delighted to be joined by our resident psychotherapist, Mags Bowen. Mags, good morning
8: to you. Good morning, Edward. You're, How, you're looking lovely. Oh Well, um, I
1: put on a bit of green this morning. It's beautiful,
8: absolutely beautiful on you. <laughs>
1: uh, it is. Uh, I just kind of... You know the way I, I uh, was going to something last night and I just pulled it out and I thought, yeah, that might look nice. So I said I'd get a, a run out of it for the radio this morning. <laughs>
8: <laughs> well... Very
1: smart. Yeah, well, I had intended it for the races, but I'm not sure. I'm kind of a fair-weather uh, race-goer, so I'll have to see what it's like mm. now when I leave mm. here Hopefully at it 12 o'clock. Please, God, because, of course, the Red Mill Day is taking place today as well. Now... Um Mags, I was just thinking during the week we had Valentine's Day and there was people all over the country opening cards. It's an interesting one and I was doing kind of little uh, unintentional straw polls with lots of people, lots of couples, you know, some really observing the the tradition and the ritual of Valentine's, others not at all enthused by it and and just kind of let it pass over like a summer tide. Um, But obviously that in either situation there is a connection
8: there is of course yeah
1: and I was thinking maybe of those then who don't have a connection and days like this you know sometimes you know you can you can plod along in your in your day to day uh, lives but the kind of the big ticket events the like of Valentine's Mm -hmm. the like of Christmas you know that time where there is you know or should be a spotlight of togetherness it can be difficult
8: it can and I suppose there are those days those standout moments where spotlights are shone on various circumstances you know Valentine's I don't maybe feel connected with the significant other Mother's Day for various reasons people will reflect upon that and um, the same with Father's Day you know Christmas of course um, Easter as well it's you know connection family sharing um, I suppose I find it interesting in that you know on Valentine's Day because that's what we're talking about We may make the effort, we may buy the card, we may get the bunch of flowers, we might buy something, you know, to show our loved one that we are um, still fond of them. But, you know, it's the other 364 days of the year. So I just think if that does present a challenge to you in terms of recognizing where am I connected or where do I not feel connected? How then might I work around that information that's coming to me as a result of that awareness? So I think while those days can certainly be difficult for people, But it's just okay. this is this is information now coming to me. How might I like to for the next week going forward? How might I like to start connecting maybe um, with others, uh, with spaces and places around me that I may not be seeking other than those days that provide that spotlight?
1: I got a beautiful bouquet of flowers this morning. So that must mean that I'm loved as well. (laughs)
8: Absolutely. (laughs)
1: They're there you have it. Yeah. Uh, they'll be heading into a little bud phase of the bathroom. Um, that whole thing, though, about connection, you know, and about establishing connections with people, it can be difficult. And even as as life goes on um, and the years go on, whether establishing for the first time or or maybe trying to, you know, dust yourself down after either a broken relationship or bereavement uh, of that special partner, mm. we might just keep on the, the partner end of it for a second, it can be difficult to re-establish or establish as the years go on, I presume, because we've become, uh, do we, and I'm projecting probably, do we become less malleable?
8: I don't necessarily think it's less malleable. I think perhaps trust can have been or may have been dented along the way. Mm. So, you know, if you think of connections, we in, you know, therapy speak, we would look at attachments. You know, and some people are quite secure in forming new attachments all through their lives um will pick themselves up, will of course you know have to negotiate loss and disconnect and um through bereavement or through just relationship breakdown, but some people may have a high level of trust in themselves that they will cope and that they can get out there and establish rapport with new people. Other people may be a little bit more insecure in that, trusting themselves in that well, maybe I'm not good enough, maybe if this has happened. Previously, it may happen again. So I think it's a little bit more than um, looking at, you know, we should just get out there. It really. And again, Edward, you know, once again, it comes back to how I connect with myself. If I don't have a deep level of trust within myself, if I don't have a level of confidence, I'm going to find it much more difficult to go out and establish rapport. And that's the first step in forming connections. It's the establishing rapport, developing the relationship and then maintaining that relationship. So it really goes back to trust in myself. Mm-hmm. And if I'm an anxious type of person or if I'm an overthinker or if I have been somebody who has been hurt and let down in the past, quite obviously, my trust has been dinted. So that's going to be a much bigger challenge for somebody in those circumstances.
1: I saw something on Instagram during the week now, and I am paraphrasing it because I didn't screenshot it, but it was something along the lines of, you know, um, now we all know the old phrase, you know, treat others as you would like to be treated. But this was kind of be as kind to yourself as you are to others and we treat ourselves differently than we do others 100% like I'm coming to you now we're having a lovely chit chat during the break I'm very nice chit chatting I'm checking in with you but I mightn't do that
8: as much with myself 100% I say so often it's that inside outside piece what we give on the outside of us is what we need on the inside Mm. but we very often overextend we're very often the constant yes person we're very often the person that will never say no to our cost for fear of judgement for fear of letting somebody down for fear of not being acceptable to those around us we really should give that back to ourselves also and I know there's a balance and a line we can't become selfish people either that you know you never do a thing for anybody and it's all me 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 but there has to be a reciprocal piece
1: isn't it difficult though Mags to put yourself first Either as yourself or in the kind of the public sphere, do you yeah. know, as in like and I'm not ta- I'm talking like at a committee level or yeah. in a, a home situation or in the work environment, do you know? Yeah. We have kind of been cultured to, you know, take the to be the willing horse.
8: Yeah. And you know, I think sometimes it's around reframing that because obviously as a psychotherapist I'd have to be very, very clear and careful from an ethical perspective around my own self care. And I don't necessarily think it's putting myself first, but certainly it's putting myself alongside. So if we don't put ourselves in the best possible space to, you know, look after ourselves, tend to our own emotional needs, we're not really ethical and we're not really um, as fair as we could be in our professional or personal relationships to those around us. So it's to at least put ourselves on the same footing Mm -hmm. as those we care for. Then we're in an equal partnership. But if we constantly put our own needs and wants behind others, that's an imbalance of power. That's an unequal partnership. And that's not fair to either party in the relationship.
1: In the middle of all of that, I often think about output. I think output is such a a fantastic word and everybody wants output. We're all looking for output. Even here, for my little job here on a Saturday morning, there's an expectation of output. And that expectation is two hours of of chit chat and you know varied interest or whatever but moving aside from that for ourselves don't we put ourselves under savage pressure to have an output you know i was talking to a friend of mine the other day they got up at five they were in the gym at six they were working from kind of half eight they were doing the dinners and the school runs and 48 million other things as well And, you know, it's like as if we have this list. We have to do, 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 do. We have to be, 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 be.
8: Yeah. And I think, number one, I would ask, Okay, great, wonderful. Where was the fuel? Yeah. To facilitate that. And also, and this can sound tough at times, but it's always very curious when you look at it. What need was met within me to be constantly go, go, go? Mm. If I would recognize that that mightn't be fair to the person beside me. What's so different about me that I'm able to work without breaks, that I'm able to work without the pit stops. So is that fair to myself ultimately, but also those around me? Is that a sustainable practice? You know, so output doesn't happen without input.
1: And I put it to you, of course, now for the to be devil's advocate that yeah. sometimes people take the the fuel and people take the input in different ways and they might be able to kind of you know let the battery like with your phone you might let it be able to run down to 2% and then plug it in Mm. or the kind of the the slow and steady is once it gets to 50 will Mm. you know give Mm. it a little boost
8: Mm. I I hear you and I I see it I suppose across lifespans and I think you know we all are who we are and we're all perfectly good enough but we probably get away with that for a time and there's a certain point in life then where you recognise maybe that's not the way to keep it going. Maybe we need to have the battery at a little bit of a higher level. Um, and I see that in bodies actually more so than um, minds. Our body holds the score. You start to see people wearing down, wearing out. Um, in helping professional professions, people can become compassionately fatigued. In personal life, people recognise, I actually I can't do what I used to without just feeling it. Mm. So I suppose it's to have that overview You know, is it enough to just let it go to 2% and then charge myself up to 50%? And what does that take me? Does that take more input to try and charge up to 50%, try and get away for a weekend and plan for a week to organize it, try and go into the gym and work health for leather to feel better, you know, rather than perhaps recognizing how would a more sustainable, gentle practice be to be implemented, to just give myself consistently a space that I'm able to recharge.
1: I'm going to take a, a moment to t- bring in the voice of Dee because I think there's great wisdom in the voice of Dee. And Dee says, good morning, Edward. And this is, of course, relation uh, in relation to Valentine's. But Dee says, good morning, Edward. To me, I'm happy when he lights the fire, mm. cooks the dinner, yeah. does the shopping or runs my bath. We don't need to be spending ridiculous amounts of money to prove love. Love is whatever you want it to be all the time and not for one day. Yeah. Dee sounds like she's on a fairly good... uh,
8: But I suppose a recognition of what love is to me and we we have languages of love, you know. And I would have said this to you, I think many times at this stage, but I remember asking three young people who are very dear to me in my life, you know, what does it mean to be loved? And one person said, you know, when the the sheets are changed on a Monday. Mm -hmm. The other person said, when you buy me stuff. (laughs) And the other person said, when you lit the fire in July and pretended it was Christmas and we watched Harry Potter. Now you know that's three very very different experiences of love so it's a really lovely conversation and all simple ones very simple very simple but um, probably something that you wouldn't necessarily implement unless you know what that language of love is to that person so it's beautiful that you have that awareness of what does love mean to me and to have that conversation with your significant other what does love mean to you
1: isn't that lovely though she says love is whatever you want it to be
8: yeah yeah because we're all connected to ourselves and to others differently. And other people, it will be acts of kindness mm. for somebody else. It will be the card, you know, that that is a, a validation that I just I see. There's a tangible evidence mm. piece there. But for a lot of people, it's, you know, yeah, the spotlight shines on Valentine's Day. But how are we the other 364 days? Mm. You know, was it the person that brought me up the LEMSIP when I had the flu last year? Is it the person who will always make sure that this, you know, blocks brought in and put in the basket for the stove before the um. It, it's yeah it's whatever connects you
1: Just to conclude on on this and we can move away if necessary from the whole loving thing mm. and from, from that relationship or the partner or or someone I mean that in itself maybe is like an identity piece isn't it that we identify now we're so familiar with you know the use of pronouns you know and people re- identifying something else But there are a lot of people that like to identify as a couple or as a partner or as somebody's other significant other, isn't there?
8: I think you very much see that in younger relationships. You see it in older relationships as well but Mm. you very much see that in younger relationships. There's almost an identity and a validation of I'm good enough and I'm wanted. Mm. And I'd often, you know, um, say to younger people particularly um, let the parent or the parents be the parent or the parents. Let the significant other be the significant other and let if there's a therapist involved let the therapist be the therapist because I feel that when there is that identity piece that I belong or I'm acceptable or I'm wanted by this other person that there may also be um, a dependency on this is who I am as a result of the relationship I'm in and I see that it happens in young relationships until we find our own identity and you know um, but it can happen in older relationships as well that I suppose I personally don't like you know when I hear you make me complete uh-huh. because I'm thinking okay it's, 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 it's words and it's a language and it maybe how you describe your relationship but you know in your own completeness being with somebody else then may enhance that but I suppose to really look at the relationship with ourselves first as an individual and then recognize how are we together as a couple
1: Absolutely. I got uh, I, I, that was a little tangent that I fell in on as I was asking you my original question um, was in relation to uh, and as I said, I, as I said, moving away from from being part of a relationship or a couple. Those that are lonely and this is kind of we could do six hours on this. How do you kind of get out of that loneliness into a non loneliness?
8: Yeah, Um I think loneliness, OK, I suppose it's it's oh, it's a word to describe a whole host of feelings and situations. So it's to sit with and say, what does loneliness mean to me? Is this a long term situation or is it short term? Very often in a short term loneliness, it can be as a response to changing circumstances, the loss of a spouse or partner, the loss of children going to college and um, the loss of somebody moving out of home and maybe going to college and managing for the first time disconnection when people move away so that can be a temporary situation that is not nice to experience mm-hmm. but I suppose we can learn from it in terms of how do we adapt how do we accommodate that change for a long term loneliness and um, people can very often you know have experienced anxiety first that they've disconnected from their wider world that they have uh, not felt able to reconnect with their wider world. Perhaps older people after COVID, you still see people not connecting. So I think it's very important to either sit with yourself or sit with um, a close, you know, a loved one or, or a person who you feel can support you and just explore what is lonely to me. Is it that I'm not going out and I'm not meeting? Is that because I don't have the opportunity or is that because I've shied away from it? And how might I reconnect? Is there something deeper going on in terms of a mental health difficulty around an anxiousness or um, feeling depressed that I may have modeled a behavior to people around me? I just want to be on my own. Go Mm. away. And then the loneliness comes in and people identify the loneliness, but may not look at the sources underneath that. So it is a very difficult situation to be in. And it is it's not nice. It's it's cold and it's uh, you can feel alone even if you're not. Um, but I think it's very important for people to have that conversation. And a GP is a great first port of call just to be able to explore when did this start? And is there anything else going on feeding into this? Um if I'm anxious or fearful around establishing rapport with people, was that always the way? And might I like to talk to somebody about that? Or is that as a result of an event that happened in my life? And how might I like to re-establish trust and maybe just very gently, one step at a time and um, I heard of something recently and I thought it was really, really good. It actually came from Dr. Harry Barry. Um, the people who are socially anxious walk into a supermarket and stick a head of cauliflower in a basket and just walk around. And you will notice that nobody is looking at you and judging you that there's just a head of cauliflower in the basket. But you're dipping your toe into the water of a entering into an environment where you may feel fearful of being watched or encountering others. And you will recognize everybody is doing their own thing. You know, it might not be as scary as you anticipate. Mm. So something as simple as that for somebody dealing with social anxiety. But I would say reflect back to the last time that you may have felt connected. And what's missing now and where do you ask for support? And even
1: going to things like the supermarket. Now, I went to the supermarket here in Kenney the other night and I had a lovely chat with, you know, the lady at the till, the Mm. lady behind Mm. the till. And I didn't have to kind of, you know, put myself out to do that so you can have a little bit of a connection or you can have a, just a bit of a chat because some people you know are chatting all day but some people might have no one to chat to no. from one end of the day to the other no. but the library and the bank yeah. and the post office yeah. and opening up a, you know how are you or you know yeah. whatever it's
8: and to feel the trust in yourself that actually you have a right to initiate that because somebody may not necessarily initiate it themselves mm-hmm. they might be talking all day they might be glad of the silence but if somebody says good morning how are you it's a lovely morning That's the first step to a connection. You know, well, I spoke to one person today and that's why it's so valuable to still have all these services. You know, the face-to-face interaction at the supermarket till, the bank, the post office, because there's a lot of people that will go in and that might be the only face-to-face interaction or the only chat that they have.
1: And the hairdressers is a great spot as well.
8: The hairdresser is phenomenally interesting because hairdressers hear people's life stories, they're on paid therapists and it's the power of touch Mm -hmm. that creates that space and environment that allows people to feel safe enough to talk about their situation. Yeah. You situations. do kind of tell things that you taxi don't see. Taxi drivers to. as well yeah. because it's almost like back to the child. There's an anonymity. The side, but it's side by side you're not facing them. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh I didn't, didn't think to touch on the side by side. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought So are in the
8: back seat. It's taxi drivers or hairdressers or the unpaid therapists. There you have it. Mm.
1: Well Mags and thanks as always for uh, coming in to My try pleasure. and uh Resolve some of the some of the thoughts people enjoyed so much and we do appreciate you coming in uh, keep well anything on the agenda for Saturday
8: for Saturday I'm going to go and do a little bit exploring um, downtown in the shops I'll probably buy myself a book and a um, little bit of gardening if I can if the rain stops but if not I'll put on a pair of boots and a Hood. and head out <laughs> and head out yeah
1: thanks as us. thank Mags. you and enjoy the races uh, if you get thank there. you if I get there Mags Bowen uh, our resident psychotherapist here on the show we're going to take a little break and um, we will chat with you after this keep
0: with us this Saturday show with Edward Hayden on KCLR with thanks to Lyreth Estate Gift Vouchers helping you to make memories this Mother's Day Carlo Kilkenny KCLR
1: now good morning, you're very welcome back O eight three three oh six nine six nine six um, is our dinnersready.ie contact line nice segue into uh, our next piece we were just chatting with Mags Bowen our resident psychotherapist about loneliness and about the issues with regard to loneliness moving on from that uh, we must have uh, a spiritual interjection and that's uh, this morning by Bishop Dennis Nolte the Bishop of Kildare in Loughlin who joins us as we uh, move into the early days of Lent uh, to discuss Lenten observances Bishop good morning to you
4: Good morning, Edward. Nice to talk to you. How are you today? I'm very
1: good, Bishop. I'm in good form and thank you for, for taking our call as well. Um, Lent is such a big part, you know, it's leading up to the kind of one of the the highlights of the liturgical calendar, the Easter period. Tell me, do you think that, you know, Lent and Lenten observances have changed over the years? Um, or is what Lent is to us, is it now different than it was or what do you understand as Lent? What's Lent to you?
4: To me, I think i begin maybe on the reverse of it, Edward. It's vulnerability. It's getting in touch with ourselves. That's why we fast. That's why we deprive ourselves a bit. That's why we dig into our pocket and give ams and support a charity like troker or Concern or or some other local local group during Lent. We, 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 we dig deep. We, we pray. We give God time. In some ways, it becomes the vulnerability we get closer to ourselves and what we're about. Has land changed? It certainly has. I think people, um, I'm always amazed at the numbers who come for Ashes on Ash Wednesday. Huge numbers will turn up. Uh, Now, some people just simply come in for the Ashes and leave. I always say, look, at, if you could stay for the math you're taking on a programme, you're starting, rather than just walking in and walking out. And equally, people want to bring ashes home, and they bring so much home, I think they're, they're putting ashes in every, every, <laughs> every, every one they meet on the street and in the townland <laughs> as well. So they don't need that much. But it, 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 like st- I think people still need the tactile, and ashes bring us back to the ordinary, the tactile. And, of course, ashes are a very powerful image because nothing grows out of ashes. It's a very, in some ways, dead image and that just is a good mortal reminder for all of us during the time of Lent it has changed but it still is so important for people There's no doubt about that
1: Absolutely. We had um, massive crowds down in Great Manor um on Wednesday for Ash Wednesday, including what the young school children. And I was just thinking as I was there, and I knew we were going to be chatting with you on Saturday, I was just thinking, you know, about a conversation that we had at Christmas, Bishop, you know, where you indicated that all are welcome and the a carteism you know. Is allowed, you know, but people like the ritual of things and things that they have been brought up with, you know, or, or there are times Absolutely. in the calendar that are more important to them and they are allowed without, to engage without, at those yeah. times.
4: In my book everyone is welcome and the church doors open in and open out and people are welcome to come. And I love to see people come in good numbers for, for, for Ash Wednesday. But I also noticed, celebrating the cathedral yesterday morning, Thursday, Thursday morning after Ash Wednesday, there were quite a number of early morning mass. So people take, do different things during Lent and take things on. So, in some ways, it's 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 uh, you know people feel welcome not only just on those big occasions, and even if they're only coming in to pick up the ashes and go back home again. My hope is that they connect, keep connecting with us. The more we connect with one another, the better. Absolutely.
1: Talk to me about you were talking there about you know um, people doing different things. You know, many people kind of try and do different things, whether it's to go to mass every day, you know, be a better person. Sometimes people give up sweets, they might go off the booze, you know, or whatever. Talk to me yep. about the tradition around that, and or is there an importance to have a sacrifice, or is it okay just to be or both
4: i I think it's nice to have sacrifice because I noticed that as that, that we talk about uh, you know dry january and, 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 and November you know different in the secular world months are taking on especially where people cut back on drink, cut back on on, 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 on going out and celebrating. Lent gives us forty days. Forty days in the spiritual calendar that are part and parcel of our world, where we can decide. Look, I'm smoking a lot. I'm going to cut back on this. I'm drinking a bit too much. I'm gambling a little bit too much. I'm 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 doing something maybe that that, that isn't good for me personally. I I've been just an awkward rant at home, and I need to behave myself better. Let's let's take the forty days, and it's amazing how you change a pattern of life by doing something. Trying, And even if you slip, Edward, there are people listening to this morning who will have slipped already. Mm. I would say to them, start again. Start again. These days, the first couple of days of Lent are in ways like the horse in the, in, the, in, the, in the training paddock or the golfer in the putting ring before they ever start the real course. Look at start again. You still have plenty of time this season, last 40 days.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I just saw on um, social media during the, the last year or two that you were heading up to, um, say, mass for the survivors of abuse. It was a day of prayer. Yes, indeed. Talk to us yes, about indeed.
4: that, um, Bishop. It's very important. I, I'm glad to do so, Edward. It's very, very important because Survivors of abuse, and we talk about sexual abuse, we talk about emotional abuse, we talk about physical abuse, we talk about vulnerable abuse, whatever. But particularly in the area of sexual abuse, people can tend to to, to blame themselves. And the church, as an institution, has had serious faults in this area, but so has the wider society and family. And we have a day every year, National Day, which is a day of prayer, which was yesterday, Mm. for victims and survivors of abuse. And I always say to people that there's a tendency for people to blame themselves for whatever happened you're never to blame. The perpetrator is the one to blame. You're never. And to come to pray and light that candle of atonement and spend time in prayer. So we'd especially have prayer yesterday across the diocese and indeed across the country. And I was celebrating Mass. I think, in great Cullen, and we would a holy hour last evening in the cathedral. So it's a way of reminding victims, survivors, that they're always in our prayer, not just that day, but through the year.
1: How do do they... um... Survive, Bishop. You know people who have had, you know, abuse in the home, abuse in, in, in yeah. the church, in the state, in, in different things. There, you've you've there I'm sure met me. them. What are the what are the there, kind of the, the, the feelings that they run with?
4: I certainly have met them, and they're the hardest of all meetings, Edward. Mm. And it's difficult because people are carrying a lot of a lot of baggage. It's it's, it's it's always tough. There are wonderful agencies which we as church have established, like towards healing and towards peace. Who again are there to walk with people who, have, who are, are victims or survivors, as they prefer to be called, of, of, of abuse and trauma. And it, there's plenty of agencies there that are there to, to support people. The important thing is that no one should feel they're on their own. That always walk with somebody. A compliment is a great word Pope Francis used. He used it in the Synodal Pathway. He used it many ways. To feel that you're accompanied, somebody is walking with you. And that's why the agencies like Towards Healing, Towards Peace are super to uh, help people and and their details are all on the web. People can pick them up on, 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 on Google very easily.
1: What's the situation, just when you mentioned Pope Francis, what's the situation uh, in Rome at the minute? There are many people um, are, are, are quite heartened by the work of, of Pope Francis at the minute. Your own uh, perspective on it, Bishop.
4: I, I was in Rome for four days last week. Edward had a conference of five days on the ongoing formation of priests. And again, looking at the eight hundred delegates from all over the world, and again looking at how we train priests, but not only that but how actually the ongoing formation continues, but not only for priests but for lay people in our parishes as well how we can how we can step up to the place and that everyone feels a little bit more equipped. Pope Francis is marvelous like the man is is is, is aging, and it's obvious, but he's a tremendous witness to the sea of, to 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 the seat of peter and and to christ and and, and God he gives me great hope. And encouragement. I think he gives he gives all people great hope. And he's not having it easy at times. There are people who are very critical of, of, of some of these, he will say, because Spence is not afraid to go to the peripheries. And we shouldn't be either.
1: We had uh, a couple, of, a number of weeks ago on this show, we had Dur- journalist Dervil MacDonald on. She was talking about her documentary on RTE, The Last Nuns uh, in Ireland. And there was also one by yeah. Ardlaw Hanlon, The Last Priest in Ireland. That's and it, it just, uh, I've been reminded of it now when you mentioned about the role of the laity. Um, yeah. Currently, you know, the role of the laity is in a very um almost like a, a servile manner and it's, it's very secondary. Talk to me about yep. the the kind of the increased role of the laity and the presence of the laity in the church
4: It has to go to a much deeper level now and and and, and we have to roll out training to to equip the people you know whether somebody is a, is a minister of the word or minister of the Holy communion or you know involved in different ministries catechists in parishes training is important is critical so that we can be empowered to be much stronger and more confident in our faith the biggest thing for everybody is to understand our faith and to understand that we are loved by the lord and that we can share that love with others and we can also reach out as best we can to involve everybody on that journey as well edward and i think through the synodal pathway where we're i'm involved in training myself um doing a, a later later in the spring Again, trying to, to help people understand better their role as a baptised layperson. Because baptism is the most important sacrament, Edward. Not ordination, not First Communion Reconciliation, but baptism. Where we're actually signed up and saying, you know, I'm a baptised member. This is my church. I'm
1: part of it. Indeed. And for those for whom it should be important, Bishop, maybe you might like to give um, a Lenten blessing uh, to our listeners this morning, many of whom uh, might be heartened by it.
4: I am delighted to do so, Edward, and it's always lovely to talk to you and Edith, to, to Ashley to contact me during the week. Lovely to be with you on your programme this morning. Thank you so much. We pray the Lord will bless all who are tuned in this morning to KCLR and bless all who are on their Lenten journey, and particularly for those who maybe have slipped a little, to remember it's very possible to pick up the pieces and start again. May the Lord bless you and look after you, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Bishop Dennis Nolte, good morning to you. Thanks, Edward. God now that was Bishop Dennis Nolte Bishop of Kildare and Lockton talking to us all about Lenten observances and the role of the laity uh, in the Catholic Church. Are you involved in the Catholic Church? Uh, would you like an increased role uh, for the laity? Let us know 083 oh, 306 uh, 9696 is our dinners ready dot e-contact line. A reminder I have tickets to give away for um, Nelny Cronin on the 17th of March in the Clubhouse Hotel to be with the chance to win those tickets. Text the answer to the following question followed by your name and where you are in the world uh, to our dinners ready data e contact line 083306 9696. What did St. Patrick banish from Ireland? Was it cats, was it snakes, or was it snails? Let us know. Also, to say good wishes and good morning to May Hogan, uh, who is uh, listening to us. Always on a Saturday morning. So uh, thank you uh, to Pat and Kay for sending in the good wishes to May as well. And ish fun on me uh, uh, um, uh, the rash made kind sport August Degan.
0: This Saturday show with Edward Hayden on kclor with thanks to Lyra State gift fighters helping you to make memories this Mother's Day.
1: Now it's a fault you Ash Edward Taiten here with you oh six nine six nine six is our dinnersready.ie contact line last shout out for the tickets to go to the Nelny Cronin uh, on the 17th of March in the Clubhouse Hotel. So what did St. Patrick banish from Ireland? Was it cats, was it snakes or was it snails? Send your answers to our dinnersready.ie contact line, followed by your name and where you are in the world. Um, lots more texts coming in with relation to the uh, loading bays on the High Street in Kilkenny. Uh, a texter has said, I saw a gentleman this morning asking the traffic warden could he run to the shop to collect an item? The reply was no, uh, our texture says uh, the traffic warden can't be blamed, he's authorised by the council and there's a current inculcation for zero tolerance um, as voted in by councillors. Um, our texture says apart from David Fitzgerald, I can't either confirm or deny that but I'll, I'll take the bona fides of the... The message um, but our listener is concerned with regard to it and as I said it appears that many of our listeners this morning are concerned with regard to uh, that zero tolerance approach uh, with regard to access on the High Street in Kilkenny and perhaps for those that have mobility issues if there's not adjacent parking you know um, the nearest parking would be John Stores Market, Cross or the Ormond car park uh, access to business and uh, access to the post office for banking and post and pensions and all of that uh, is indeed difficult keep the text coming in to us let us know your thoughts and experiences on that I've heard many people getting tickets um, with regard to that and obviously uh, we do know that being said that loading bays are for commercial vehicles Um, so it's an interesting conundrum for sure. Now, delighted to be joined in studio by uh, Paddy Deegan who is the current uh, captain of the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Team. Paddy, good morning to you. uh, Oh yeah, thanks a million. Uh, Good morning, you're very welcome to the studio. How's things? All
9: good now, yeah, all good. Uh,
1: A busy year of course, 2023, Um, of course we all were following both online and the newspapers on TV the the battle with O'Loughlin Gales and Niffy it was a, a very successful year for O'Loughlin Gales under Brian Hogan
9: yeah very successful I suppose Brian's first year there now um, and we won the county final and a, and a Leinster final as well um, we were unfortunate there to come up short there in the club All-Ireland so but look overall uh, we were very happy with the with the year yeah
1: for sure, we were out um, in O'Loughlin Gales just um, just before the All Ireland. We did our our Saturday Show special yeah. in the in the grounds, and we met Brian that day, and he was very uh, enthused and you know very um, enthusiastic with regard to taking on the the year. But I suppose taking over is a big challenge for anybody, isn't it? In terms of uh, and particularly when it's taking over in your own in your own club.
9: Yeah, I suppose. Look, I, he he kind of put himself all into it when he when he did did decide to take over, and he surrounded himself. With 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 a lot of good lads there, he had Alan O'Brien, Alan Gagan, Nigel Skeen, and then Mickey Comfort and Nye Egan doing the doing the strength and conditioning. Um, and then we had Sarah Burke then with our analysis. So he did surround himself with with a lot of good people, which was a which was a positive for for all of us there on on the on the senior panel. So yeah, look, it was a it was a good year, and I think he he was happy with it overall as well, and he's 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 looking forward to getting going again this year.
1: Of course, when you have a good year, you retain the gig, don't yeah. you? Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, yeah I think
9: it's without goes without saying. Yeah,
1: talk to me, of course, about the professionalism that comes into it. Now, this is, of course, a, a, a constant conversation that's been had with regard to people at at county level, like yourself, but even at club level, you know, there is a kind of a, a, an increased level of professionalism applied. The expectation around that, in terms of you're even talking about, you know, the personnel that are supporting the manager, that it's a kind of a multi. Pronged approach now, isn't it?
9: Ah, yeah. Look, it's uh, it's it's it's. I suppose it's getting more and more competitive every year, um, and every team is trying to outdo outdo the others. So, look, we're just putting um, things in place there to make sure that we have the best best possible um, chance to to win the county final at the end of the year. And look, I suppose from our point of view with O'Loughlins, it's it's all club people. Um, they're all from O'Loughlin Gales which is. I think is a is a massive of massive importance um, there because they have the club kind of at the centre of, of everything, so look, it's it's huge the way it's going. It's it's hugely positive at the moment, so we're hoping to keep it that way.
1: And of course, in terms of the Kilkenny senior hurling team, you have knocked the the Ballyhale Shamrocks men out of the captaincy now, um, by winning the the club uh, All Ireland.
9: Yeah, look, I suppose it's Kilkenny, and I think it's Kerry are the only two club or counties that still do it. From the county championship winners, mm. they choose the captain or whatever. So look it's a it's a massive honor for myself and my family and obviously the club and then you know like you have Huey there and and Mikey as well and Connor here so look it's 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 great and
1: you're yes, well represented
9: yeah, on the panel the yeah, it, yeah,
1: talk to me about at whose gift that is then so is it the kind of the club decides it or is it decided at county level based on the the winner of the club uh, all Ireland so whose gift is it to kind of to, to I'm not 100% sure yeah. I
9: think it's the I think it's maybe the club executives that choose choose the captain and I suppose it kind of goes on on the amount of time that you've spent there and look I've, I've been there probably the longest so that's probably the reason um, so it could have been any of them and uh, any of the boys but any of the other O'Loughlin's boys there, if they had have been chosen as captain, they would have done a great job. Yeah. So,
1: how will you approach that then, Paddy? What's the kind of the the <laughs> modus operandi that you've uh,
9: you've put on your spreadsheet at home? Uh no, look, I've I've spoken to Derek, and it's I'm just going to be the same as I always was. It's not going to change. Um, to be to be honest, um, I'm just going to go in there and I suppose hurl away as as I normally do and there's nothing there's nothing going to change it's it's i suppose it's a a title but it's 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 not going to change what what i do in there
1: of course because everybody is kind of you know you're leading from the front in terms of you know your approach your ethos your commitment and and dedication and everyone is 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 doing that but i suppose there'll be times where a few uh, wise words will be called on to kind of to rally the troops
9: Ah yeah, look, that would have been happening regardless of whether he was I was captain or not. Mm. And you're look, you're talking about the, the best hurdlers in the county and they're all leaders coming from their clubs, so look, there's there's no need for, for me to take any more responsibility than, than any of the rest of the lads.
1: For sure. Stay yeah. with us, Paddy we'll just take yeah. a little break. Casey, 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 Casey. KCLR. K-L-R. Now good morning you're very welcome back Oh eight three we We're closed our competition line there for the Tradfest tickets to go to see Nelny Cronin uh, on the 17th of March. We'll announce the winner before the end of this morning's show. Uh, Paddy Deegan, Kilkenny's senior hurling captain remains with us uh, in the studio. Uh, Paddy we were just talking during the the break and before the break with regard to the kind of the commitment level. I suppose you're heading into your 8th or ninth season with Kilkenny but are now one of the main, obviously the captain but one of the main protagonists in terms of seniority you know there's a, a, a fresh team coming in underneath as well and I suppose that's the, that rejuvenation is really important but that in itself brings a kind of a, a, a role of responsibility doesn't it?
9: I suppose in a way, yeah. when when I first came in you had the you know, you had the likes of Jackie Turl and Noan Larkin and you had, you know, Brian Hogan was only after leaving the year before as well. So there was a lot of experience heads there when I came in first. Um, and there still is. Look, you have the likes of Owen Murphy and T J Reed and even Killian Buckley and Connor Fogarty are still there as well. Sure. so so they're obviously setting a great example for the younger lads from that kind of successful under 20 team uh, from a couple of years ago. So look, it's great for those lads to come in and see I suppose what you call the professionalism of mm. of the likes of TJ and Killian and, and Connor and all those. so um, yeah they, they set a great example for the younger boys
1: for sure Uh, I was just reading up during the week in advance of our conversation you know just on the line of that professionalism and against uh, Nifina uh, one of the the journalists I think in the Irish Times said that you were a presence that wouldn't stand aside (laughs) Uh, so there's obviously a great tenacity about about the approach but that is the thing that is the expectation there's an awful lot expected of, of people in sport now isn't there?
9: Sure, I suppose there is and uh, you're lucky, I just have to take that in your stride. Um, mm. if you start putting too much pressure on yourself you won't yeah. a, you won't enjoy it and I suppose that's probably the main thing as well. Obviously we all we all want to win and that's that's our, our, our ambition, but at the end of the day if you're not enjoying it then you're not going to, I suppose, reap the rewards at the end of it.
1: Is there a sacrifice
9: uh, associated? Uh, I suppose a lot of people would call it a sacrifice, but I, 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 I never really see it like that. Um, I suppose if you, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. There's yeah. no one holding a gun to your head. So I think everyone involved and anyone at that level are, are there because they have, a, I suppose, a, a drive and an ambition to, to get to the top. So I wouldn't see it as a, a sacrifice at all because... I suppose there's a lot of people that I'd dream to be in our position, um and that would do anything to be there. So uh, I suppose we're probably fortunate in a, in a way.
1: Absolutely, the the lucky ones yeah. um, who have who have proven. Uh, talk to me then about the the real gig. Of course, is uh teaching. Uh, I presume in terms of the the young children are really uh, uh, interested in in the kind of the Kilkenny end of things as well, and looking for all the the news on it, and, and that in itself to have like a teacher that's kind of so... Uh, renowned and famous is uh, is interesting for them
9: <laughs> I don't know about renowned and famous but, but look, in this, yeah, in the field, yeah so. I suppose but um, yeah I'm teaching out in Clara National School at the moment and Hurling is and GA in general is a massive part Jesus there. you
1: can't pass that pitch yeah. when I'm
9: coming in I know. day or
1: night from Greg Namana, you cannot pass the pitch in yeah. Clara but it's densely populated
9: yeah I oh, know absolutely they love it out there and even in the school they're they're out on the pitch there at big break and little break every day so and it's great because you have you have Claire Feelin and, and Claire Phelan, who just recently retired from the camogie on, team. Yeah. And you have Steffi Fitzgerald there as well, who's on the senior camogie team as well. So I suppose you have the three of us out there and you have all the, the girls and boys there kind of trying to, I suppose they're probably trying to impress you out on the pitch. But they all love it. Look, and they're always asking questions. They're they're, they're very interested in, in everything that's going on. So it's great to see, see that, that many numbers out on the pitch every day.
1: Absolutely. Any big plans for twenty twenty four then in terms of uh, your own uh, sporting achievements
9: or desires? Uh well I'm hoping to to win all Ireland with Wickley Kenny and, and Lift hope, the Cup yeah, and yeah, give the couple a yeah, fuck air on. Yeah, well that's that's the that's the main ambition there since I ever kind of came into the panel. Mm. Yeah, my ambition was to win one and that hasn't been achieved yet, so that's uh that's that's a real big one for me now, yeah.
1: And as you said, what an honour it would be for yourself and your family and friends to and club of course to have you as, as the captain for that period. Oh yeah,
9: it'd be great as well. Look, it'd be it it'd look regardless of the, of the captaincy or anything like that, I think just just to win win an All Ireland with with Kilkenny um would, would be you could say a dream come true, yeah.
1: Absolutely. What is it just in conclusion, what is it about that Limerick team that that, that they're so difficult to,
9: to take yeah. down? Ash, look, they're they're a great team. They have some great individual players, and and they play a good brand of hurling. So, look, we've we've come up short against them the last couple of years, um, but we'll be looking to right those wrongs now this year.
1: How do you charge the batteries?
9: sure uh, you take it easy, relax, bring the dog for a walk or whatever. So, I don't know, look, you just keep yourself busy when you're not training, and and then when you are training, you're you're kind of locked in
1: yeah absolutely Paddy listen thanks so much for coming in to us and uh, for filling us in congratulations on um, your appointment as the captain and good wishes to yourself and Derek and all the, the panel and team and selectors for a great year ahead you know there's robust support <laughs> across Carlo and Kilkenny for Kilkenny so everyone is with you on the journey
9: thanks very much thanks for having me
1: you're very welcome and that pretty much takes us to the end of this morning's show thank you very much to all of my guests to Shirley and our resident gardening expert expert Nelny Cronin from um, uh, the, the Kenny Tradfest, Dara McCann of Stargaze Photography, Mary Meaney from the Carlo uh, Pioneer Total Abstinence Association, our resident psychotherapist Mags Bowen and Bishop Dennis Nolte and of course Paddy Deegan who remains with me in studio. Um, Eilish Agers from Baglanstown is the winner of our competition to go to see Nelny Cronin and uh, hopefully she'll enjoy that. Ashton will be in contact after that. Uh, just to remind you again, of course, that Casey Law are hosting the wedding fair next Sunday, the twenty fifth of February, in Saint Patrick's College, from nine or from noon, excuse me, until five pm. It's completely free. You can register via our website caseylore96fm.com uh, to attend that event for all those for whom love is in the air uh, Eddie Hughes is up next here on the Saturday Brunch Show from 12 o'clock until 2 uh, Robbie and Shane will be here with the sports show this afternoon and of course they have a full conversation with Michael Fenley, former Kilkenny hurler uh, with regard to uh, his ongoing work with the youth uh, in terms of Kilkenny Hurling so stay tuned for that and lots more besides the Queen of Pop will be here this evening as well and uh, lots happening on the airwaves right throughout the day for those heading out to the Red Mills day uh, racing hope it all goes well I'm not sure what's the weather like out there Paddy is there it raining was, when you no, were coming it's in? it's
9: miserable enough now yeah yeah
1: it's a shook all day poor Faith Ammons <laughs> uh, Louise Kennedy yeah. coat will be drowned for the day let's take uh, an ad break before we go over to David with the news and I will talk to you all next Saturday morning Until then God bless
9: the kclr text and whatsapp line 083 306 9696 sponsored by dinners ready market yard kilkenny passionate about coffee our
1: new barista menu in store serves delicious barista coffee from 8am daily